So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and flip to Matthew chapter 4. And this is week 8 of our It's Personal series, talking about engaging with discipleship. Now, as I sat down to prepare for the sermon this week, it became really obvious that I was going to be asking you to do something that's probably going to be pretty challenging. Because for us as pastors, when we get up and we speak and we do this over and over again, we know that there's this kind of sense within us where God has to move on certain weeks because what we feel led to challenge you with can feel so abrasive. And for me, that's one of those weeks. I can remember a few years ago when I was in student ministry, I had a family member who was a student who I'd known his entire life for the first time come to hear me speak on a Wednesday night. And I was speaking on something that I'm very passionate about, which is about spending time with God and your daily quiet time with God. And I can remember I got done preaching and I was really dialed in that night and I was really challenging the students. And we finished and we left and I'm driving home and taking this guy home and he looks over at me and he's really concerned because he knows me and he goes, hey, Matt, I gotta say something. I'm like, what's up, man? And he goes, you know nobody's actually gonna do what you ask them to do, right? And it kind of struck me weird. I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, I go to a Christian school. I hear this stuff all the time. We listen to pastors and we listen to them challenge us and do this stuff, but most of the time, we don't ever actually follow through with it. And as I looked at our topic this week on engaging with discipleship, for some reason, that conversation came back. And here's the reality of what we're going to talk about this morning. We've been going through the last eight-week series called It's Personal. And we've used this word over and over again, engage. And we've been given different things. And I really feel like above all else, this morning, I've got to let you know, we've got a really big ask at the end of this. Because at the end of this, and we'll go ahead and just drop the big hammer now, we're asking you to take a step and engage with discipleship because we're talking about discipleship this morning and the practical steps to you rearranging your life to make time to grow beside other believers is an absolute must for each of us as Christians. But there's a battle within us between the world and what God is asking us to do that oftentimes keeps us from making sure we have that time weekly with other believers. Now, I'll go ahead and say, this is not going to be a deep dive into the depths and full understanding of what a discipleship type relationship is with other believers. The thing I'm trying to simply say this morning, the thing I feel led to challenge you with this morning, is to actually take the step and acknowledge you have to figure out a time each week to purpose to grow beside other believers. Because our working definition, and once again, this is not a complete definition of discipleship that we're going to talk about this morning, is going to be something like this. Discipleship is walking beside at least one other believer as you both follow Christ. And that's something that, yes, it does need to be organic and grow out naturally, but it's also something you have to purpose to do. And here's where the rubber kind of meets the road on this one. This is something we say in the church over and over again. When we get to the punchline, it's going to be the same things you hear us say week in and week out. That you need to dive in not only to your time with God, but out of that needs to flow a time with other believers so that that can overflow into reaching other people. Because when we really look at discipleship and following God, that's how that works. If you are genuinely spending personal time with God, 
that will overflow into your desire to be with other people and grow closer to them. A lot of times where groups or Sunday school classes or discipleship times begin to fail is when the only person who is spiritually prepared to spend time together is the leader or the teacher. And so your time with each other has to flow out of that time with God. And then as you come together and everyone is spiritually prepared, just like our worship services, if everyone comes in here and you've been spending time with God and you've been discussing him with other believers and following him, our worship services are rich and full and amazing, just like we've experienced over the last few weeks. Because here's what we know of those of us who are meeting in person. We know that when we walk into this room, no one is here by accident. Everyone is running into this room to engage with other believers in the worship of God. And when we have that worship time with other believers and we have a time dedicated with each other each week where we're going to sit down and together follow Christ, that overflows into us reaching people. So you have to understand when we're talking about this engage with discipleship, when we're practically spelling out this discipleship, what we're getting to is asking the question, do you have a time purposed each week where you're meeting with at least one other believer to both follow Christ together? Because we just left the season where all of a sudden our ability to rely on the church schedule for our spiritual growth, for our discipleship, disappeared. And here's what happened. For a lot of us, when we suddenly couldn't meet in the weekly schedule, in the weekly rat race that is sometimes the church schedule, we ended up sitting at home going, wait, how do I do this with the church? And the reason for that is because if we're going to be really honest, we attended church prior to all this, but we were not engaged deeply with other believers in our pursuit of God. We would come in, we'd watch a sermon, maybe every other Sunday. We might even go to a Sunday school class. We might even serve somewhere or volunteer. But the reality was, is we were just filling a spot instead of engaging with other believers in following Christ. And so what that resulted in was a season in our lives where we suddenly went, okay, so how do we be the church? How do we connect to the church? And the people we ended up connecting with, we started to realize were maybe some family and friends who weren't involved in our church. And we all of a sudden find ourselves sitting there, maybe sitting on the couch this morning with our entire church connection being simply through a video of some guy talking and explaining the word of God. And that's great for a season if it helps us get through, but it's not the complete picture of discipleship. And so we're going to dive into the Word this morning in Matthew chapter 4, but you know where we're going this morning. Because I'm pleading with you after these eight weeks that we've just walked through, that you are going to sit down this week and figure out in your life how you're going to engage in discipleship, how you're going to purpose to be with other believers. And I'm going to throw a few things out there that I completely understand. I understand that this process is not necessarily an easy one. There's a lot of times over and over as I've been engaged in dis different discipleship environments where I've gone in and we've just been kind of friends for a season walking through and I walked away and I didn't really have any deep lifelong relationships. I'll actually go as far to say there's been more seasons of discipleship cycles where I've walked in and gotten to know people and it's been wonderful for a season. 
but then we don't really talk that much anymore. But on the other side of that, if I'm being really honest with you as a believer, those few friends that I have that are lifelong friends that I dive into, that as soon as this hit and we were on lockdown and we couldn't gather as the church, we were still engaging and being the church and coming together to follow God, to figure out what that new season was. And I never would have encountered that type of Christian friend had I not been willing to go through the cycle of discipleship, to dive into groups, to dive into organizations, things that the church offered for me, to sit down with a friend one-on-one. So once again, when we get to the end of this, it is my hope that you will spend this week praying and talking to God and figuring out how you are going to engage with discipleship and set alongside another believer or a group of other believers in following Christ. We're going to look in our Bibles at Matthew chapter 4, and the passage we're going to look at is the very beginning of New Testament discipleship. We're going to look at the first time Jesus calls someone to be his disciple. And so here we go. We're in Matthew chapter 4. And we're actually going to begin in verse 17. And just to give you a little bit of background, here's what's just happened. Jesus has come forward, been baptized by John the Baptist. He has announced his presence to the world as someone who is about to do ministry, as the Savior. He's gone into the wilderness and showed that he has overcome temptation. And he's come out of that and begin his ministry. And in verse 17, we see a line that Jesus preaches over and over. That's one of the first things he says to the world. In verse 17, it says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this is a phrase we see over and over throughout the Gospels. But something we have to understand about our relationship with God and about what He's asking us to do, and that is He's asking us to change. He's not asking us to remain the same, to keep the same pattern, to think the same way, to believe the same thing. He is asking us to become more like Him. That's what that word repent means. So as we begin to have this conversation, and some of you are already coming up with thoughts in your heads of why you can't and how that won't work, and you've tried before, and there was pain, and you're not doing that again, or you're not that type of person, or you can't dive that deep, all those thoughts and excuses that come to your mind, that's where that word repent begins to show up. And I know that is an abrasive word, because we as humans don't like to change until we're ready. But I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't know if we're ever ready to say we want to change. But that's exactly what God is asking you to do. That is the result of discipleship. That's why we used a word that's also an abrasive word that's engage. Engaging doesn't happen by accident. It takes effort. It takes energy. You have to push through the difficult times to be able to truly dive deep with other believers like we're talking about this morning in a discipleship relationship. So understand before we even get to the moment where he calls these disciples in verses 18 through 22, we're already acknowledging that this is going to be abrasive. But let's dive in. In verse 18, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. 
And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Now I want you to pick up one word in this verse that we read. And it's a pretty odd word if we're talking about all the Greek words and great things that are said here. But that word I want you to see is the word and. It was Peter and Andrew. And the truth that I want you to see with that simple word and is that Jesus didn't just call one person by themselves to be the first disciples. He called two people. Because here's the thing. Discipleship, following Jesus, is meant to be something we do with other believers. It was never meant to be I'm a believer by myself and it's just me and God. Even though our most important relationship is with God and he is the catalyst in all these things, going all the way back to Genesis 1, it is not good for man to be alone. To the New Testament where we see verses that we're paying a lot of attention to right now where we cannot cease together with one another in worship and discipleship of God. Right here, the first time Jesus calls disciples, he doesn't just call one person. The journey of discipleship never happens alone. The other thing I want to point out to this is what does he, who does he tell them to follow? He doesn't look at the older brother and say to the younger brother, hey, Peter's going to follow me, Andrew, you're going to follow him. We've got to understand that discipleship, when we're talking about being disciples together, is iron sharpening iron. It's both of us or all of us walking side by side as we make each other understand how to follow God, as God works through us to enrich and sanctify and help each other move forward. It is always something that happens with other believers. You can't do it alone. It doesn't work. That's not how God designed it. Even when you find instances in Scripture of an individual who is reading the Scriptures or a God follower who's on a journey, the story is told that there is this person who is desiring to seek God and then another believer shows up. And then Paul shows up. And then somebody else shows up to help connect them, to talk through with them, to begin in discipleship and help them together follow Christ. And that's something I think we miss a lot of times with discipleship. Sometimes within the church, we miss the point that we are making disciples for Jesus, that we are all following Him. And sometimes our church discipleship gets polluted because we also sprinkle in the way we live, the way we think, how we think the world should work. And if we're trying to make someone live the way we live instead of live the way God wants them to live, that's when discipleship gets broken. That's when it becomes a miss. But the main thing you have to take away right here from these first few passages is plain and simply this. You can't do it alone. It was never designed to work that way. You have to engage and come beside each other in following Christ. When we talk about the word accountability, a lot of times we think about that word as somebody just like screaming at us, like a teacher who's angry or a parent who's trying to like get onto their kid. But the reality of accountability and walking beside each other is this, is that you're hearing yourself tell that other person spiritually where you're at. And you're hearing that person 
talk about spiritually where they're at. And that simple act by itself, if you want to get to a basic understanding of accountability before we're asking somebody, hey, I need you to ask me this question or I need to do this, you simply having to tell someone else spiritually where you're at creates the path of accountability already because you get to hear yourself process. You get to hear how other people are handling things. And there's times when I've been in a discipleship relationship where one of the best things that's happened is me hearing, I'm not the only one going through this. Or me hearing somebody else who struggled with that and got through it. Or me for the fifth week in a row when people say, hey, how's your week going? I'm going, man, it's been five weeks and I'm saying the same thing. I haven't spent time with God. It suddenly makes me aware that that's what I have to do. And saying that to another person puts that, that healthy little pressure on there to help you take those steps. Discipleship can't happen alone. Other be believers have to be involved. And beyond that, just to echo one more time, it's because we together are following Christ. Now that's the first point I wanted to make. There's one more, and this one gets pretty abrasive really quick. But verse 21, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So once again, we have a place in scripture where we see two things repeated. We see a pattern that's repeated. And I was always taught in seminary, when it's repeated, it's ultra important and ultra firm. But we literally have Jesus calling his first four disciples from two different families. And when he steps in and he does this, there's something that I've got to say that happens with both of these guys who have careers in fishing, who probably have a family business. He calls both of them away from their current lives to a new pattern. I mean, look at, at these last two brothers. Look at James and John. They're going about their lives much the same way they do. They're dealing with problems. They're fixing things that are broken. They're getting their car fixed. They're literally mending their nets so they can continue to live life normally. And God steps in, excuse me, Jesus comes up to them and he says to them, put those down, follow me. And they don't even just drop the nets. They also leave their boat which was probably a pretty expensive, big deal. They have to walk away from this thing that their life centered around. And even further than that, they had to walk away and disrupt what was going on with them and their dad. Their dad continued to fish and they had to go, no, we have to go here. So let me just sum this up in one phrase. Discipleship is inconvenient to our worldly lives. Do you hear me? I'm acknowledging it right now, if we're going to engage with discipleship, we're going to acknowledge right now that means it's going to shift, push, change, and rearrange our worldly lives. We know that. We know that I'm asking you that, and I'm saying that, and that's what I feel like God's led me to ask you of how you're going to engage with discipleship. With the knowledge, it's going to rearrange things. You're going to have to let go of things. We're asking you something right out of the gate that you're going to make this walk with God a priority. And within the first calling of disciples, you have people having to rearrange their work life, having to rearrange their family life, 
having to let things stay broken in a worldly sense so that they can go be restored and bring restoration back to the world. And now part of me, when I first read this, it's incredibly abrasive to me. It's tough to even say because I know that I'm sitting here and there's a good chance that that's so far from imaginable from a lot of us. But then I begin to think about the world that we exist in. Because when we think about what's going on in the world even right now or even out of the season, right now we have COVID, we have nervousness about an upcoming election, we have racial tensions, we have unknown job security, family tensions, struggles, death, decay. That's the world we are being asked to leave, to step into a discipleship relationship with other believers. Now, I'm not trying to be too extreme here. I'm not saying you're going to have to quit your job or that you're going to have to like deny and not be with your family anymore. But here is what I'm saying. You're going to have to prioritize on your schedule this time and drop those excuses. Because that's what we hear all the time. When I ask somebody, hey, why don't you why don't you dive in with a group? Why don't we get one started? Do you guys want to meet here? Do you want to do that? Do you want to do this? Can we do this? The main things that we hear and the main things I've said in my life that are my reasons for not doing it all revolve around, man, I don't have time. Or, well, see, I've got this going on. Or, man, I would be there, but this broke. Or, you know, with my job, I just can't work this out. Discipleship is always going to be inconvenient to your worldly life, but then it's going to become the rescue from your life because you're going to dive in deeper with God. You're going to dive in deeper with other believers. And suddenly at some point, it's going to stop becoming that inconvenience. And it's going to become one of those things that you do weekly that help you get through every single day. But there's always going to be that element where it's a push, where it's a difficult thing. And I know that I'm saying that this morning. So as we step out of the scripture this morning, where does that leave us? It leaves us at a place that you hear us say over and over again, telling you about the opportunities to jump in with discipleship. But I will say this, there's a little bit of an open window within the season that we're in now. Because for you listening this morning, just to let you know, a lot of our Sunday school classes have started meeting again. They've started coming together. Now they're in different rooms. They're in different times because we want to space out. And a lot, of, a lot of classes are wearing masks. So just know that when you come in. But you can go on our website, and we're trying to keep that update as much as we can. And you can click on one of the Grow links to find the list of classes that are meeting on Sunday morning. And so if that's a good place for you to start, if that's a good place for you to walk back in the building because it's a smaller group of people, then that's a good thing that you need to dive in with. Also, let me say this. One thing that this season has brought about that has been a conversation actually for years on the discipleship and evangelism front is it's created space. We have almost doubled our adult discipleship space and our children's discipleship space. So we have open rooms on a Sunday morning that if you want to come in and begin a group, if you have a group that wants to meet, you can come in and we have a place. All you got to do is contact me and we'll figure that out. Also, let me say this, maybe for you, the challenge is plain and simply this. You need to find one person, one friend that you have, or two friends that you have, where y'all are going to grab lunch each week and purpose to sit down and talk about the things of God. Read through scripture together. Go through a study together. Whatever that looks like. 
And then there's another one that might even be a little bit harder. It might be that you're in a discipleship environment, but you're not engaged. You might be just sneaking into the room, sitting there quietly, waiting till time's over, and all of a sudden it's kind of a drag, but you got to sit there because your kids are in student ministry or somewhere else, and it's just what you do. If that's you, you got to move. You got to change the game. You either have to jump forward and engage and begin the conversation with other people within that room, or you got to find a new room. And whatever the case is, you have to engage with discipleship. And here's the thing. I know we have all these excuses that are routine that come up, and I've used them before. We don't have time. We need childcare. We need a place to meet. I don't know how to do this. But let me say this to each one of us. If you need a time and a place and childcare, we have that on Sunday morning. We have open space right now because our schedule has shifted and we've doubled our space. So if you need a time, a place, and childcare because it doesn't fit anywhere else in the week, don't use that as an excuse. I'm telling you right now, go to the website, find my email, and let me know, and we will work something out. The other one is this. You might be sitting there going like, I have no idea how to do this. Well, you know what? It's great that you acknowledge that, but go find out how to do this. Go find out what it means to sit down with one other believer or a group of other believers and walk together. I can walk you through that. I can walk beside you with that. Because in reality, I've been in ministry for 15 years, and I am still learning how to disciple. Don't let any of those excuses or distractions stop you from doing what you know God has called each and every one of us to do, which is to come alongside other believers and not just be present in the room, but to engage with discipleship. If you have any questions this week or you feel the need and God has led you that you want to take a step and you need to talk about space, how this works, logistics, whatever, I'm more than happy to help you walk through that. I'm not going to give you a real layup this morning, so you're going to have to go to the church website and actually dig and seek and look and find the way to contact me or one of our other staff members in doing so. But we've just spent the last eight weeks understanding that it's personal, walking through the book of Acts where God grew the church because people or as individuals were seeking him, were coming together to walk beside each other and pursuing Jesus, and we're going out into the world to make and evangelize disciples. And where the rubber's going to hit the road this week is plain and simply with the question, are you going to engage with discipleship? Let's pray. God, I hope that my words this morning were what you desired. You got to pray that you do not let us rest. You do not give us peace. You do not let go of us, Father, until we understand how necessary it is to come alongside, to purpose to believe alongside other believers in our walk with you. Dear God, for a lot of us who are sitting there and going like, I don't know about opening up to people I don't know, and I don't know, dear God, just help us understand that within the process of getting to know people and growing closer to you, that will come. But they've got to take the step. They have to take the leap, Father. Dear God, just guide us and work in each of our lives. And dear God, we just thank you for the amazing things you're doing in this season. In your name, amen.